You're welcome. <laughs> For what? For saving your life. I would have killed him. No, not today. He is trained to kill. He seemed trained to drink. Oh, yes, my friend, you would have fought very bravely and died very quickly. You then would avenge your brother. I would have found a way. I've never lost a fight. Except to a crippled old man just now. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack, episode 450 of Film Sack. My name is Scott Johnson, and this show mines the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. Uh, join me in welcoming today, Brian. That's not how heads in jars work on Futurama, done away. Oh, it's not. It's kind of the opposite. Mm. Oh, hi. Hi. And come right on in, senoritas. I am your party host, Captain Harrison Love, and I welcome you to my humble little abode, the Love Shack. All right. Come on in. Let me take your coat and any sharp pointy sticks you may have. Now I can see some of you look a little confused. You may be asking yourself, where is that smooth talking sun-kissed god of a guy in a mask? That's my soldiers. They've been telling that lie for days. They may have promised it, but obviously I am not he. No, not this loud splotchy peckerwood you see before you. But don't fret. I'm about to change all of that. Because we're about to go, we're about to go get so hammered, but by the end of the night... I'll have gone from a two to a woo. Now, would you ladies care for something to drink? I have a tea pitcher full of tequila with a man's head in it. No? How about a pickle jar with three fingers of Jack? Literally, those are the three fingers of Jack. Uh, all right. Well, boys, looks like it's just another night of angry faces and settlers of Catan. Drink up. I got a hair. <laughs> Uh, I love that they're playing Settlers of Catan. What an image in my head. That's amazing. Well done, as always. Down at the Love, down at the love Shack. That was really good. I, You know what? I had this feeling you were going to bring Three-Fingered Jack or whatever into this. I just knew no, you were. I had to. Yeah, you had to. That guy's... Yeah, how do you know? Hopefully I didn't step on you, but... Well, you'll, we'll find Damn out it. shortly. Uh, <laughs> also with us, Randy, he once carved a Z on my back at the pool, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. I would like to read to you guys the outline from my new book, Entitled, Everything I Need to Know, I Learned from an Intense Old Man Who Just Got Out of 20 Years in Prison and Claims to be a Spanish-American Folk Hero Despite Having Nordic Facial Features and Only Speaking English with a Welsh Accent. Number one, <laughs> you uh, put out candles from 30 feet away using just a whip. This is how you uh, also unhook a woman's bra strap, so you want to practice that skill a lot. Okay. Number two. Good. Horses are just waiting around for the right moment to fall in love with you, and they then become loyal to you forever. But you can mostly ignore them for the rest of your adventures. Number three, an absolute fortune in pure gold can be entrusted to some random men who guard your prison mine in the desert. They never load up their horses with 100 pounds of it and each ride off into the night. Number four, if you're ever close to blowing your cover talking to a woman's father in the heat of the moment 
just tell him that she's spirited. This somehow gets you out of all trouble. <laughs> Number five, there have only ever been two Mexican bad guys, Pancho Villa and Santa Ana. You don't have to ever see them. You can just refer to them, and that will motivate everyone around you. Mm. Number six, a small mask and a shave is all you ever need to fool everyone into thinking you're someone else. Try this when you're going to church someday. They'll greet you at the front door like a visitor. And finally, number seven, <laughs> always remember, an iron shovel will stick to your boots if you need yeah. it to. <laughs> That's going to come in real handy, but only if you remember this valuable knowledge. Shovels stick to boots. Yeah, Super useful. Right. Yeah. Shovel shalom. I, I'm going to remember uh, this. Yes, yes, Brian. The three three villains, uh, El Guapo. Oh, <laughs> that's right. We're going to include him I think, posthumously. I think El Guapo is only referenced in in the one story. Yeah, in no, the one you're right. Very, you're very right. iconic and canonical story. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that he is the Mexican bad guy in multiple stories. No, or, it's, it's uh, or in multiple. He is in a story <laughs> <laughs> yeah, No, uh, you got to forgive me. I I, I don't have your spirit. <laughs> Man, he served that one right up. That was amazing. All right. Uh, with us finally, Brian, one time I totally undressed him with my foil ibit. <laughs> you did, and it was great. Yeah. Alejandro, if you want me to keep training you to take my place as Zorro and fight injustice here in Mexico, I'm going to need you to work on something. No, your, your sword fighting is excellent, and your balance and agility is top-notch, but it's the Z you're leaving behind. Quite frankly, it's sloppy penmanship, and it's making us both look bad. Look at this one here. You didn't connect the second and third swipes of your sword, and do you know what that leaves us with? Yes, an underlined seven. How are you going to strike fear into the souls of our enemies with an underlined seven? Oh no, we can't steal peasants from this village. It's protected by underlined seven. How about this one? Same deal. The bottom line doesn't connect, but then you've got the top line also at an angle, and you know what that leaves us with? Yes, the greater than or equal to symbol. The only thing that this mark of Zoro is equal to is my boot up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we have? Okay, uh, three horizontal lines. Great. Uh, this one's backwards. I think it's an S. Uh, this one's the number two. Ah, okay, here we go. This is the worst one right here. I don't know how you did it, and I don't think I want to know, but how are we supposed to fight for the rights of the people who cannot fight for themselves with a Z done in Comic Sans? <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. I like that you played around with the typography of the Z. It, actually, it looked a little more like pa papyrus than Comic Sans, my opinion. Yeah, a sure. little bit. It, it, definitely papyrus. Yeah, a little bit of papyrus. Common font, uh, still bad. Also overused. Yeah, way overused. Uh, although, still to this day, people will put out, a, me and Dunaway were talking about this, they'll put out a brand new video game. Someone will. Mm -hmm. And all the UI and the menus are in uh, Comic Sans. And I just look at myself <laughs> and say, what, do, mm -hmm. what are we doing here? What is this? Right. What right. mistake hath, only, hath you made in if, your life that you feel like you have to do? If uh, James Cameron does not use uh, Papyrus for the next three or 11 Avatar yeah. movies that he's working on, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. <laughs> three or 11. I like that jump. <laughs> uh, today's film is The Mask of Zorro, the 1998 uh, epic directed by Martin Campbell uh, with uh, a Antonio Banderas, as Randy might say, Anthony Hopkins, or... Antonio Capquinze. <laughs> uh, wasn't it wasn't it nice of them to cast one guy who can do a passable Spanish accent? That yeah, cool. one guy. In fact, later uh, I, I I make a very strong reference to this because it is known in the in the trivia and otherwise that we have two Welsh actors, Anthony Hopkins and Catherine Zeta Jones, working alongside a actual Spaniard from Spain, Antonio Banderas, 
yet he plays the Mexican and they play right. the Spaniards. So <laughs> right. good job, guys. And, and good then job. Uh, the bad guy is from uh, Surrey. Like, oh, right. Like, like right. R- ridiculous. His oh, accent. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's supposed to. Right. I, I just want to I just want to start for like the setting of this whole thing. This whole movie is supposed to take place in California, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. tracks with the the Zorro stories, right? The first Zorro book is called uh, Curse of Capistrano, right? So mm-hmm. it takes place very near where I live right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Zorro is is almost uniformly uh, like at, at the very least a west of the Rockies guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he's he's out here on the West Coast mm-hmm. for all of his stuff. So these people, all these people in this movie have have presumably been living in California their whole lives, right? Like yeah, we theory. we see something and then we see 20 years later, right? Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. they're they're all they're all Spaniards or Spanish living in California their whole lives. You can't sound like you're from Surrey. No. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he there's a lot of that in this movie. A lot of a lot of casting that just is like, well, you could have, you know, just hired hire some, you know, Mexican actors. That'd be fine. Do that. I like mm-hmm. it when they do that in movies. It adds to the authenticity, or a word I almost didn't say right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I like Martin Campbell a lot because turns out this dude made Casino Royale, but he's also very uneven. He also made that horrendously bad Green Lantern movie more recently, 2011 to be exact. Uh, but I like his take on stuff. He also did uh, Goldeneye, so he's got a couple of Bond movies under his under his belt. But you could argue that Casino Royale was like a game changer. That thing is a, you know, oh, yeah. people mm-hmm. look at that and go, whoa, 2006's uh, Casino Royale is the movie that changed Bond forever, or at least into the modern era. And, and I think I would agree with that. For but he, sure. yeah. he, he rolled right out of this, this like throwback to swashbuckly early Hollywood kind of tone to it and everything, mm-hmm. uh, right into Casino Royale, which is just so crazily tonally different. Um, okay. Than what he no. did previously. You don't think he so? Made, he, he made a sequel to this movie first. Oh, I'm, that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, okay. I'm wrong. Uh, he's he's right. '98 is when this happened. I keep thinking of that damn sequel in 2005. And, yeah, and by the way, for in my in my understanding, the sequel to the Zorro movie is what kind of established uh, Orsi and Kurtzman as writers as a writing duo, and of course from them we get all kinds of things later. Uh, I can't wait to watch The Legend of Zorro. It's bad. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's bad. That's the one I was thinking about last week when I said the horses oh, explode. The mask. Yeah, the the second one is more film sacky. Okay. But it's not streaming right now, so. And by the way, that's funny you say that that thing about the horse thing. Whatever for whatever reason what you said about an exploding horse took on a sort of a meme quality all week. We got tweets and emails and stuff people going, <laughs> "I don't see an exploding horse. When's the horse explode?" Like, I got that. A whole bunch of time. So thank you all for paying close attention to what Dunaway said and then making yeah. our lives better during the week. That was fantastic. Uh, but this, yeah, this movie is uh, not is not that. It's not the 2005 thing, which I remember being really bad. Uh, this turns out to be kind of just good. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to say this is a great film or anything, but no. for what it's aiming to be, uh, you know, again, swashbuckly. It, it could have been a lot worse. Yes, there yeah. you go. <laughs> That's what kind yes. of what I was it getting had, to. It had it had all the trappings of being garbage, and it it was better than that. Yeah, it's better than garbage. <laughs> the, the Mask only, of Zorro, yeah. better than garbage. Yeah, very garbage. I think a lot of it uh, played well. Uh, the only thing I still have trouble with these kind of movies is I've never been at the tip of a sword, but it always seems like you can command anybody to do anything at the tip of a sword 
I mean, yeah, you know what? That's yeah. a funny thing because you need to, unless you unless you've got a really uh, uh, good like point in their neck kind of thing that you could just basically right. just push it forward right. into it. Most of the other things you can do with a sword involve you pulling the sword away from them and then and then whacking right. them with it. Mm-hmm. So right. you almost need unless you've got the right angle <laughs> at them and uh, <laughs> and enough uh, enough of a bent arm that you still have some flexibility to go forward. Right. It's it's less of a and in real and in duress. real life, <laughs> right? In real life, I would probably freak out, but in a film, it just doesn't it it doesn't play as dramatically to me because I'm like just, just step back. I, there's no doubt if I was standing in my massive mansion somewhere right. and suddenly there was a tip of the sword in my neck, I would jump backwards and run. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah why wouldn't you i would exactly yeah that's the exact reaction i think you should have but that's not what they did they had a lot of they had a lot of uh standoffs with a sword in somebody's neck or yeah. you know their body mm-hmm. or whatever it happened a lot well that's what i'm saying it's like a throwback to that stuff right the errol flynn style yeah, yeah. sort of sword swashbuckly thing yeah where you're doing flips and swinging from drapes and and all that stuff and i and as as that is and as this was created or you know constructed i think it succeeds in being one of those your mileage may vary whether you like that sort of thing or not, but I think you. I, think I thought the sword play job. was. I it. I don't know how. I I wasn't watching it super close, and I don't know a lot about sword play. All I can say is that as a layman of swords play, I was entertained by the mm-hmm. dance. Right. I thought it was fun. And there's a lot of physicality to Antonio Banderas's performance, and it's really fun to watch him be so physical. Here's the thing about him: like back then, he is this handsome, demure looking, you know. Uh, Spanish man and all of that mm-hmm. jump to current. He looks like uh, you're in the forest and you found a weird mushroom and you're not sure if you should eat it or not. Like if it's going to hurt you or not. <laughs> oh, really? I'm now we got to look at Just kind of looks a little like, <laughs> just a little unsure. You know, you're like, oh, okay. But, you know, whatever. We all age or whatever. But it's fun to watch him at his, really I, his prime, just jumping around like a freak. I hate like to say this, but um, Antonio Banderas now looks like Fred Willard. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry to say that. No, it's true. It's though. okay. I think you're right. I mean, there's a little bit of Fred Willard coming out of there, but so uh, uh, have you? Have any of you been watching the final season of Modern Family? No. Yeah. This is it. This is their every I, I know every is episode is a send off of something or other. Right. And this past one, this past week, they sent off Fred Willard's character, which is uh, Phil Dunphy's dad, mm. and uh, it was. <laughs> it's just amazing to see him. So I, I think that's also why he's on my mind. But if you look seriously, find a current picture of Antonio Banderas. So I, I, you'll agree I'm correct. Yeah, and he's got. Yeah, the, I think you agree. <laughs> he he kind of needs the long hair, right? Like even if it's gray, I'd say grow it back out and and go long because I think right, that right. that's part of what weird looks so so weirdly different about him is his little short, yeah, cropped hair. Like you 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 know you've seen mushrooms in stores and you're like, yeah, these are okay. I put them on salads or cook them up or whatever but this kind of mushroom i don't know this might be like psychedelic or it'll just make me sick he looks like a silicon valley tech giant robot that's learning how to smile <laughs> yeah so well not not in this movie but do you think you guys ever might confuse lq jones with like sam elliott like just who's LQ? oh oh lq jones every, yeah every small part in this mm. film i wanted a different casting of someone more familiar mm. every small part yeah. uh I, I loved lq jones i thought he was perfect he did a great job but i just couldn't help wishing that that had been i, I don't know just someone more familiar you know well like uh 
I mean, he would have, Sam Elliott would have been great in that role, probably. Although yeah. Sam Elliott's a little swaggery and slow, and he doesn't quite have that kind of, yeah, my fingers are missing, but I'm going to jump off this thing, and you're going to shoot me midair. And, you know, I don't know if he has that kind of tone to him, but that guy cracked me up. I thought he was all right. Uh, but everybody, all the other secondary characters, you were just like, okay, you guys are fine. Move around. Just let our let our mains come in here. Now, here's the other thing, and it occurred to me why uh, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of used to drive me up the wall um it's not like i think about her all the time but she looks like <laughs> i do she looks she, <laughs> she looks like, like she looks like deanna troy's sister to me and uh-huh. and uh hmm. non-existent sister in the in trek anyway but uh but nonetheless just looks looks enough like her to be a sibling and it used to bug me and i didn't know that's why now i figured it out that's why hmm. she looks like to her and it and i just can't i can't focus she'll come on screen i'm like Oh, where's where's Deanna and Mother Troy? Mother Troy. <laughs> you should be together as a family. Yeah, Waxana. Yes. So anyway. They were both they were both born on the same island, uh, but uh Marina Sirtis is is, you know, Greek. Oh clearly. right. That's true. Mm-hmm. She is Greek. And she's lovely. And she's in that she's Picard show. Yeah. No, well, no, I like looking Antonio at Antonio Banderas smoldered on screen. It was I was I was glad to see some smoldering. It's a little smoldering, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah. How come sure. all, how come the Spanish dance is so uh, focused on a dude dipping a chick and then making sure he's staring right at her boob about an inch away? What's that about? That's because that's because that's the guy wrote that. Because dance. you can. Right. <laughs> What's this? Huh. <laughs> what for? Like three short lessons at Arthur Murray Dance School, I could learn how to do that. Okay, yeah. sure. By the way, she claims that in the uh, what do you call it the um, scene where where he's doing the foiling of her dress and it all falls off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she claims here, here, let me read the quote. She admitted to becoming genuinely aroused during the yeah, stable yeah. sword fight where her scenes got cut off by Zoro. This effect was accomplished by attaching a wire to the dress and then yanking mm. it off of her. No, you mean that thing wasn't, j- didn't just fall down with gravity. It's, it was pulled down. You don't say I know, there's no I'm way gravity shocked. works that fast. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, it is so yanked down. I thought there were rocket boosters on that piece right. of cloth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad she was able to find a way to, herself in the scene and to feel that because we talked about the truthly before the show it felt very rapey to us today yeah i didn't like, like it 1998 yeah. to, to 2020 it feels like oh who decided who made that decision yeah. also yeah like he like i understand they're you know playfully sort of learning that they like each other and all of this and and stuff but i just think the dude with the sword there's a power differential going on and if you're if your thing is to just cut all her clothes off and then run so all that she's left with is her weird boxer pants and and enough hair to cover the nips like that's just a, that seems like consent was needed I, I don't know it just feels like a bad way to start things off and then it gets screwy yeah. because your mentor is her dad and mm-hmm. and he is he does he want you two together? Does he know about the strip down in the freaking stable? I don't know. Would like, he approve? Like did did Zoro go back to or then uh, Alejandro go back to him and say, "All right, I hooked up with your daughter, and at one point I used my rapier to uh, take off her clothes." Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to teach me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now if if Love's character had did that, we would have been like, "Oh, it's creepy." Yeah. It's it creepy love man. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Dude, right. Love's the, the problem with Love Mutual was attraction. His hair was so weird. I hated that guy's hair. <laughs> he was so, like, so Kendall. And that's a guy that um, I I knew I'd recognize him. I couldn't figure out where it was from, but he's uh, sort of currently uh, in the CW Arrowverse as uh, Eobard Thon from Flash. Oh. He's the 
he's the bad guy who goes uh, who who was entirely the second or third season of Flash the bad guy oh, got revealed at the very end of the first season. Yeah, how was he's he? Got in that? Was short he good? hair, right? He's got oh, he was good. Yeah, yeah, he was good. Okay. He looks like a buff Niles Crane at, at uh, when ah. you don't see him with his uh, beard and his long, luxurious. Oh. That's a phrase, phrase I've never heard before. Yeah, I've never heard that, that either. A I like buff, that. a buff uh, Niles Crane. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. that's a new one. I like that though. I'm into David, a buff David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> yeah, yes, there you go. Uh, anyway, uh, some other trivia that kind of caught me funny. Um, uh, let's see, here it is. He, uh, oh, the thing I love this. So when he pulls his sword out when he's in the fight with Love there, mm-hmm. yeah, and it gets that gleam across of it. I was sure I'm like, yeah. oh, nice CGI guys, whatever you did there in 1998. It's not. It's a. It's a totally practical effect. They just figured out how to reflect the light exactly right for the shot. They took a million takes to get it. Antonio Banderas oh, took, insisted took three on takes. It. Oh, it's what yeah. the trivia says. Oh, does it it's say that three? That they did that in three takes. Oh, I read that as I like thirty. <laughs> I, I, I misread that. I'm surprised yeah, that only took three takes. That's impressive. I know. Yeah, yeah. I love this modern age. Antonio Banderas is. Mm-hmm. I love this modern age where visual effects have gotten so good that we don't even notice them anymore, and so we're like in really, really into this weird little ticky tacky stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my money, the best example is uh, what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Have you have you heard that they go and digitally erase anything that might be like a reflection of the vampires? No. Oh, really? No. Oh, that's brilliant. I love <laughs> I mean, that. You'd so, have to because it's... Yeah. Right, because they're vampires. And so like yeah. anything, like it's like they're outside at night and there's a puddle on the ground and this, you know, the reflection has to get erased out of that. And it's and it's so well done that you don't even notice it. Like you, yeah. uh, like you probably wouldn't have ever noticed it if I hadn't just told you to look for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, it was like they they put so much effort into this thing, yeah, but then like over on the on the other side, we're like, oh look look at how they strung up a bat and made mm-hmm. the bat fly. Ooh, that's kind of what a great effect. I think what I like about that though is the not noticing. It's a two. It's a double edged sword. Not no no pun intended for today's episode of the swords. But <laughs> uh, when you're when your effects are so subtle that no one notices. Um, yet it yet it does contribute to the, the the big package whether it's background in Game of Thrones and there's just sort of a hint of a castle off in the distance that doesn't actually exist or whatever it is adding crowds you know adding people to a crowd making it seem bigger but you never notice that's an that's amazing we've gotten there like that kind of stuff is not distracting it just fits it's perfect but then you have the the, the other side which is none of those people that are so skilled at this get any credit. You know what I mean? You don't call it yeah. out. It doesn't get noticed. Right, right. right. This sword thing—you notice it because you're like, ah, oh, cool, practical and effect. And if it, and if you do notice it, that means it didn't work as well. Like it's a thing where you only notice it if if it's not done right. You know, and you see the seams, you see the uh, uh, the edges. Yeah, that's absolutely right, and that's so fascinating to me because it it's a uh... and now the award for the special <laughs> effects you didn't see. Yeah. Like part part of me, <clears throat> every time I see the special effects stuff for the year, you know, for 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 Oscar nominations, I always think well, most of these are just obvious. Like it's Star Wars because there's ships and stuff and lightsabers right. and everything. And then, <laughs> but but then you don't think about all the little touch ups that even a quiet small film got that doesn't have. It's not an effects heavy picture, but they made a city in the background look like Philadelphia when really they filmed it in Georgia. But it was so convincing, you never even asked. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like those guys don't get the right amount of credit. This, this film also really tried. It tried really hard to make sure that you are seeing the real Anthony Hopkins, the real Antonio Banderas, when they are doing stunts that they could do. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't 
shoot from behind over the shoulder very much there you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. there was plenty of seeing your actors doing real stunts and that just that just really brought it way up for me like this i would call this top four swashbuckling films for me like oh, yeah just, just, just i i was i started out unprepared to have anything at all for anthony hopkins come on mm-hmm. just look at him mm-hmm. but i gave up that that complaint immediately like because the film tried so hard to sell him in that role and it did it succeeded yeah. no he's he's great in fact at first mm-hmm. i went all oh, right he's in this i totally spaced it and mm-hmm. then I started getting into it and then he let his hair down, you know, for the, when he got old and was in the prison and stuff. And I'm like, it's kind of cool looking. And then, and then yeah. there's this whole thing about the costuming where they were very careful about this to make sure that he in his weird flared out pants and all that stuff looked like a Spanish, uh, you know, uh, swashbuckler mm-hmm. dude where Banderas was at least in the initial stages before he got the Zorro black suit and everything looked like a guy who was part of the Mexican culture. And they and so when they're walking around that circle of training or whatever, it's very distinct. Like Anthony Hopkins looks like he's gonna he's about to get a bull to come in the room and start doing a red flag with the bull or something. <laughs> and uh Anth- right. and and Banderas looks like guy living in Mexico or living in California. And it, it's it's very good. Like that kind of stuff that their adherence to time and place, despite the fact that some of these actors are kind of, you know, not native to the place that they're doing it is oh, but still pretty good. Yeah. This is apparently Hopkins uh career like right in a nutshell. Like has anybody seen The Two Popes yet? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, he spends that whole movie <laughs> playing an old German. Right. Like like a very a very Germany German, you know? Yeah. It's it's right. it's ridiculous. Like this is yeah, just very, what he does. I know. Maybe it's because he has this very nondescript face maybe. It's it's not there's nothing really It doesn't right. It doesn't look like it. he's any Right. Uh, very specific. It's um uh boy, I'm trying I'm drawing a blank on the guy. Um Tarantino uses him a lot now. Uh who's Blofeld in the most recent like the Spectre James Bond films. Oh, um German uh, 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 t- uh Dieter von Dork Dorkov. <laughs> what yeah, a, what is exactly it? I can't think of his name. Yeah, uh, the guy, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Christoph oh, Waltz. Okay. He's a guy who who will never be able to play <laughs> Spaniard or Mexican or or American right, right. or anything like that. He's always yeah. kind of got to play that. Yes, Mister Bond. He does every time. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. could do maybe Eastern European or maybe he could get away with Armenian or something. But but yes, right. it's always going to be that you know German, mm-hmm. Scandinavian, Austrian something. He's great, that guy. He is great. Oh yeah, absolutely, love him. But, He's so but good. Uh, <laughs> Django, Django, we have to go to town, Django. He was <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, what else here? Oh, check this out. In order to, to accomplish the dress falling off. Oh no, that, that we already talked about this. I, I was about to that, say, wow, yeah. you're going to go right back to that. Why is that in there twice? Oh, I know. This, uh-huh. is what, this is what I was getting at. Okay, so here's the two bits of casting. I don't During know if one I believe. Scene, there's a red on air light. <laughs> Here it is, Sir Sean Connery to turn oh, down yeah. the part of Don Diego de la Vega. Yeah. Good. Do you guys believe it? Right. Do you think he really yeah. did? I mean, no. That's just something that someone added to trivia, but I'm I'm really, really glad it wasn't Sean Connery. I mean, he's yeah. still making movies at this point, so he hasn't yeah. retired yet. And um uh, that would have been fine. 
Like, fine. It's you, Womack. He he just did The Rock like not long ago, so I I could see him doing yeah, it. Well, he, you know, he played Spaniard in uh, Highlander, and it would just be kind of a continuation of that that character, yeah. right? Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. It was a Spaniard yeah. type. Mm-hmm. What was I thinking of? I'm just adding. I'm adding to the trivia on IMDb real quick. Let's see. Uh, Stallone <laughs> and Schwarzenegger right. both turned down the role of Elena. Okay, uh, go on. Okay. <laughs> well, it. no. The, one of the trivia is that Shakira was offered the role of uh, Elena, which that one I question. You don't think right. so? You don't think she was uh, in, in not, it, like they're casting this in like 1997? Well, right. she was only she was playing twenty and was like twenty six or seven here. Uh, what's her name? But did we know who Shakira was in nineteen ninety seven? I don't know. No, no way. Did we not? Hold I on. Think we so. did. Maybe we did. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure some people did, but I don't think we knew. She was definitely on her music career by then, but I don't think she was. She was, but not popularized. the not the huge pop star. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, who knows? There's going to come a day 20 years from now where someone says, did Billie Eilish really make that Bond song when she was just turned 18? <laughs> she can't be 18. Right, I'm trying to see when her, like, when the first big hit, because she, she was uh, um, Latin music breakthrough, it says, in, you know, between 1995 and 2000. But I didn't think that, uh, yeah, Laundry Service, I think, was the big first album here, right? With Whenever, Wherever, and... Uh, Everything else was... Uh, Colombian focused stuff mm-hmm. yeah right yeah i don't know uh i remember uh speaking of extra life radio obsidian was really into shakira remember that brian she was, <laughs> she was i thought he hated her what no was it? he was he, <laughs> well he hated a lot of things so maybe we've maybe i've confused it. <laughs> right i don't it was, remember I he was against it. it was local to him though so yeah so it's like nah she gets all that fame and yeah yeah that might have been it he didn't he wasn't into not sellouts but you know what i mean Right. But anyway, yeah, it says that she was supposed to be doing that, but she could have. I mean, it wouldn't. I don't think she'd have been too young because she's supposed to be playing twenty here. And I, yeah, no, I don't, it was. I don't think it was a, an age issue. I think it was a we didn't know who Shakira issue. was in nineteen ninety seven. Right. Oh, I get yeah. you. Because it wasn't until two thousand one that she had a really big breakthrough in America with yeah. laundry service. How do you guys feel about um, her playing twenty and Banderas's? Uh, character was probably 40 he's probably 14 when he got the medallion no no he's the younger brother so yeah. he he was like 10 okay we'll call him let's say he was 20 10. years later all right so he's 30 yeah and she's 20 that's okay yeah. i guess that's she likes fine. older man it's all right i was thinking he was like 38 and she was like 20 i'm like that's a little <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't she sure certainly doesn't have a lot of good options she has uh she has not quite young Kenneth Branagh and a bunch of really, really dirty slaves to choose from. That's all she's got. Yeah, not they a lot of options. Dirty, dirty slaves, man. Yeah. <laughs> they were they, that that gold digging is some dirty work. Yeah, yeah. isn't it though? Oh man, and nobody. Uh, that's the other thing is I could palpably smell that prison. Holy crap! Oh yeah, yeah. And that one guy that stood up going, hey, no, no, and got the weird teeth and the face all falling apart. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> not quite Kenneth Branagh uh, was played by Matt Letcher. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I'd change my last name. Mm-hmm. I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't keep uh, that one? You'd go get that done? Yeah. 75 bucks later and you're. Just imagine how many times as a kid someone said, hey, bring, bring Letcher to us. Bring Letcher to <laughs> us. <laughs> no, they're not. No, that's a horrible last name. It, it's it's it. pretty rough. <laughs> Who all went out to uh, dinner? Well, it was Letcher us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Letcher us. Let me make sure I put a pause yeah, in there. Yeah. Letcher 
us. They all had to train themselves yeah. to not say lecherous all the time. Yeah, lecher is the lecher is the uh, the the Eobard Thon from the Arrowverse that I was talking about earlier. He is a really hardworking actor in in TV. He he appears in practically every series on every network. It's really amazing. Oh, he's the but, guy uh, Ryan Brian just... was talking about. That's in uh, mm-hmm. okay. yeah, the Flash, okay. Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. All right, gotcha. I was thinking, and I thought the... he was. I thought he was fine in this movie. He just sticks out. He's just weird. He doesn't. He was belong. in. He was in. He was in Narcos, oh. uh, Mexico. Scott, you that, saw him there. That's a good. That's a good show. I like yes. Narcos. Narcos has uh, has the Mandalorian in it. At least in the first <laughs> right. first two seasons, he's in that. Uh, Diego, what's his name? Not Diego Luna. What's his name? Oh. Matt Letcher? No. Oh, 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 no, you're talking about uh, Jaron, uh, the guy who plays uh, Mandalorian? Yeah. Pedro. Pedro Pascal. There Pascal. You mm-hmm. There you go. All right, let's see. Uh, not only was Joaquin Meretta a historical figure, he was widely believed to be the inspiration for the original literary character, Zorro. No. I don't know why that's in here, but that's kind of interesting. It is interesting. I like the idea that Zorro has some you know basis, basis in, in reality yeah yeah i'd like mm-hmm. to think that i mean i don't really think yeah. it but you know he's for the people he's for the people right right everyone likes someone who's for the people <laughs> great character with an amazing history of fiction and there is no doubt in my mind that there will always be another zorro movie like oh, they're just interesting there's no mm-hmm. reason that that hollywood isn't busy working on the next zorro movie yeah, do you think do you think they are for real? Like somebody's working yeah. on some, throwing a script around or whatever. Yeah, it's like Batman. I mean, and and Zorro was one of the inspirations for Batman. Like, there, there's always someone somewhere working on the next Batman. That's true. Well, that we know for sure. I here's mm-hmm. what would be cool. I got so now we just talked about um, uh, I forgot his name already again. Uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal? Pascal. Sorry, keep saying want to say Diego Luna for some reason. Anyway, though that dude would be a good Zorro. Put him in the Zorro deal. Totally agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. he'd be great, and he'd be legit. He'd look like the the real business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also wouldn't mind a darker take, like a little more. Um, I don't know. May, maybe you can't do this with Zorro, but less old Hollywood and more. I don't know. You know, no Errol Flynn grinning while he's sword fighting kind of thing. I think you. I think that's part of the character. It's like. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I just, I don't know. Batman yeah. without being broken. You know, right. <laughs> you kind of have to have that's have good, that in there. That's a good. Wait. Point. What? I gotta stop the show for a minute. Oh, what's the matter? I, I went to IMDb and I did pre-production movies. First of all, quick aside: The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. That's right. Christ <laughs> is back for part two, but. <laughs> That's not really related. <laughs> Django and Zorro mm-hmm. are, are slated for 2022. Django, like a Django. Several years after wait, the wait, a movie called Django, Django and Zorro. Django, yes, Django Unchained. Django meets Don Diego de la Vega. Hold on. You the sure this is the Zorro. same? This isn't this because Django's got a long history of lots of Django's. So this isn't right. we're not talking about Tarantino's Django, are we? This is it. Is let me see if it's anything. Is it Jamie Foxx or anything? There, I'm gonna. It it, no. uh, it looks. I can't tell because the poster is kind of nondescript, and then Zorro's yeah. masked. The I'll poster post, is I'll a stylized uh, art. So Randy's right. Mm-hmm. Someone is working on literally working yeah. on a Zorro movie. Oh yeah, oh, always. Based, I'm telling you, it's based on a comic book. Oh, the original Vertigo Zorro's? comic. Yeah, there's a Django Zorro a Vertigo. Comic Vertigo, Vertigo, Vertigo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Comic Bucko. 
<laughs> You've held back. I didn't know your Spanish was so good. You really uh... right spot on. That's uh, Spanish for comic. Jeez, book. what took you so long to tell us about that? <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So All apparently, right. this is a thing. I'll yeah. I'll see it. That seems interesting. Sure. You know what we're supposed to do? Somebody told me the other day that we are that FilmSack has a duty that we have not been doing, and I said, "Oh, really?" And they said uh, in this email exchange that we're supposed to be watching these bad to semi-bad brand new release Netflix movies that come out. And and I said, uh-huh. well, like, give me an example. And he says, well, you missed Bright and you should have done that already. And then the other one he mentions, this new one with Ryan Reynolds, the Mike, Six Michael Bay Six Underground thing, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a Michael Bay directed to Netflix film that is in the vein of things we watch all the time and that we should be adding these like brand new releases to our repertoire. And I hadn't really thought about it. So, so maybe okay. we do. So I don't know. I had a, I had a response. Yeah, I, I'm, I made I'm a here. response to that guy. And I, I just want to summarize it here. We don't have to immediately. We can wait and find out mm. if everybody watches it, if it's notorious for some reason. Mm-hmm. And it's not then going Zach anywhere. It. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, Netflix doesn't as... take their own stuff off of their, off of their platform. Yeah. Right. Uh, the problem with that, there's a huge hole in my, in my theory here, and that is six months from now, we probably never care anymore about six underground. So I don't know how to square that. Yeah, you know, like it's just, it. it's well, just how it works. You're we, right. You're we, right. That is the hang up. I totally agree. I don't know how so, we do that either. Cause, cause that is what happens though. It, it lands and I go, Ooh, that's getting panned and it looks like something dumb and be perfect for a show. And then you're right. Like two months later, I'm like, is, uh, <laughs> is Chud online yet? Like, <laughs> right. So yeah. I don't know how we square that either. That's a that's a conundrum. Maybe somebody out there can, I don't know, give us feedback, tell us what you think about that. Because I don't I know, it. I like the idea of it. I like the concept. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. If it, yeah, I mean, if it looks like it's it's an obvious thing, it's like, oh, well, this looks like it's going to be hot Michael Bay garbage. Then yeah, I think we I think we do. And it really does look that mm-hmm. way. Like it this movie, look looks, like hot Michael Bay garbage. <laughs> it looks terrible, <laughs> and in all the ways that I want it to look, and and I don't really want to do a Transformers movie, so. You know, we mm-hmm. need to get our Michael Bay on more often. This might be a way to do it. So, yeah. This is this is also that time of the year when I'm like, I need to watch all of these movies that are being nominated for awards. Mm-hmm. And weirdly this year, they're all on Netflix. <laughs> and none of them are appropriate for film sack. I do not want to watch The Two Popes or Marriage Story or whatever for, for film sack. So mm-hmm. it kind of like pushes things down uh, on Netflix for me. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I want to see those movies, but you're right, they're not like... If we ever want to do a, a two-hour, a three-, four-hour uh, film sack, we could do The Irishman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, do you guys have a whole weekend to spend watching a thing right. nonstop? <laughs> I, got a, I got good news for you. I think you can... You know what? You can get through the four uh, the four miniseries now elongated version of Hateful Eight faster than you can get through a single sitting of, uh, <laughs> right. of yes. The Irishman, which I loved, by the way, but it took me three days. Like mm-hmm. a three you separate watch. Yeah. yeah. I had to, yeah, I, I, I watched it like a series because that's what you do. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, this movie is uh, also got amazing sound. I wanted to get that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise me right off the bat. Okay. Now, I need to caveat this because there are moments that I couldn't believe they use the sound of a tiger growling oh, for explosions. That fire. That's yeah, really I bad. It. I, I mean, I like if it's intentional and they were trying to evoke that. I guess maybe I would like it, but I couldn't tell if they were just being cheap. I couldn't tell what that was about. But we'll we'll play those in clips later. But uh, 
the actual like just overall sound work, the sound of guns and muskets, the sound of the sword play, um, just the quality of just the overall sound design of the movie is really up there for an era that I don't necessarily point to and go, oh, yeah, the mid to late 90s sure knew how to get me with the sound. And And that surprised me. This was a selling point. This was a selling point for some of the movies for me. I mean, I would I would sit there and I would I would get a DVD and I I'd figure out whether it was going to be good sound or not. And if it's an action movie, it, it absolutely had to have really good sound design. And uh, it was really important to me all through the nineties to make yeah. sure that I got something. I, I it isn't it's an important thing in general, and I I appreciate it in all you know anything new or old or whatever. This just surprised me. I thought it was going to sound like I don't know uh, Maverick or you know just something from that era. Where it's just fine, you know, it gets the job done or whatever. They're not doing anything anything special, but this was this is the line I usually this is the line I usually drew between uh, whether I was going to purchase a DVD or not back in the day. And the reason why is because I spent you know a good bit of money on my sound system and making sure that it was all good. So whenever I saw an action movie, I wanted something that was going to you know blow everybody's socks off. Yeah, because you were showing off your hot new uh, copy of Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know Fifth Element or whatever, and people were blown away. Blow yeah. away. DVD, it's the future. Yeah, I'll tell you, <laughs> we'll man, never first... get a better uh, way of getting movies right. than DVD. It'll no never way. get better than this. Indiana 480p, Jones. are you kidding me? Man. Sorry. What? Indiana no Jones stuff sounded so good back in the day. Oh, there yeah. was just nothing to rival Indiana Jones on Laserdisc. Oh, no, Disney. you're right. That showed it off. That was a good example. Oh, that wow. thing showed it mm-hmm. off so well. Sounds so good. And uh, I never had a Laserdisc in person or personally, but I had a friend who had all that stuff. And, you know, I. I swear, I was at the movies at his house, but yeah, I look at it yeah. now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got a, I I got a better iPad than I, he had a TV. Yeah, and it's it, it, you know, there's nothing better than a movie format where halfway through the movie you have to get up and flip yeah, the disc over second. to watch the rest. Of exactly. Flip. Yeah. Sometimes that. you have to flip it three or four times. Flip. Another flip. Yeah. Oh God. Oh. Not the most. Uh, I don't have the I have I don't have the most reverence for how we used to have to do some of that stuff. I mean, I guess do we right. had to do it with tapes. I do. Then we had to do it with laser discs. Yeah, yeah, but do you though? Do you really? I do. I don't want to get too far off the track, but this is something that I've been having a revival with that I found that satisfies something in me in this glut of entertainment that is just everywhere. I have found that listening to vinyl not because it sounds a certain way or that hipster. it gives me some kind of hipster mood or nothing. I actually like how it, how it, it needs me to be involved into the point that I focus more on the music. Like when I'm listening to Spotify, I may like just go just burn through albums and not even really be listening or paying attention. But when I got to, when I'm on deck with my vinyl and I've only, I've only got like three or four songs on the side, I pay attention. I'm a little closer and I kind of, I kind of get involved with it, and the music just seems to mean so much more because of that involvement. That's interesting. I didn't that thought is, about that's that. A really cool. That's yeah. a really cool way of of liking vinyl, or a cool reason right. to like vinyl. Yeah, because yeah. there's a, the tangibility of it, I guess, that we've gotten away from. Because now we just sort of search for what we want, and we and we hear it in our ears, and just it's hit fine. Play and go. And I, I mean, and when my album stops, my album stops. It doesn't play the next song that it thinks I'll like. Yeah, this but is, are, are you worried? Silence. But are you worried that I mean? Think about that though. That's a thing you would have dreamed to have. Like you would have loved that. Oh, absolutely. And you still love it, right? There's a reason to love oh, that. It's yeah, just yeah. Uh, there's something to be said for the for, right. When, for I, the when old I'm ways. wanting to, when I want to, just background music, Spotify's great. It just mm-hmm. keeps going and going and mm-hmm. does everything. But when I want to just really just, you know, enjoy an album and just focus on it, like Metallica's Black album, I just picked it up mm-hmm. and I just I haven't I haven't listened 
to that album since probably cassette tape. I mean, I had it on CD, but I mean, I just kind of like just played it and still good. Really well, pay attention. And to it, it reminds me of when I first used to get music, and it was all albums or, or even cassette tapes. And the first thing I would do is is pop it on the record player and sit down and listen to the whole thing start to finish with the sleeve in front of me, the record jacket in yeah, front of me, yeah. reading the lyrics if you know if they had them, mm-hmm, and really right. get into the album. And I, oh man, I miss doing that. I don't do that. Yeah. I get a new album. It's like, all right, you're gonna listen to this but, while yeah. I work on. Uh, yep. freelance or while I'm doing this other thing and I don't I'm give always attention. I'm always saying that to my fiance because she says one of the things she says you know we, we both like to watch movies and I'm like correction you like to turn on movies and do other things while the movie mm. is on <laughs> I like to watch yeah. movies it's like what do you got there Brian nothing just me and this movie and maybe some popcorn and a soda all right I have two counterpoints go uh do it. number one uh, don't start a statement to your uh, uh, lady friend with the word correction. Number two. Um, it's like a bonus intro here. We, I like it. Keep going. Yeah. We have got True story. to. <laughs> we have got to to somehow teach or trick the next generation and the next generation after that into not becoming uh, another generation of people who collect stuff. Oh, it yeah, is, absolutely. It is like life and death for this planet at some point where <laughs> uh, we, you know, we have the means, we have the ways to stop with the stuff mm-hmm. and we can do it. Uh, we can do it across an entire society of people. Right. And it's going to require that we sort of let go of the feeling you have when you add another you know, paper book to a shelf. And I know, I believe me, I know that feeling. It's oh, a yeah. great feeling. Yeah, I do it. I, but when I look at, man, when I look at the CDs in my garage, it is insane. It just, it's like, right. Damn, why did I do that? I, and, you know, and but, I, I did, I just didn't know. I was, I was that, younger and didn't know that that was totally unnecessary and wrong, you know? And, and so now what also, do I do with them? Well, Ooh. see, that, that collector's mentality is the same mentality, I think, that happens to, all these gluttony of, of entertainments that we have, which is great in one way, but another way is, is it devalues the individual pieces because you have so many of them. My whole album collection, Randy, is about eight albums. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going out and I got a whole wall of albums. It's not like I go to the record store every weekend and pick up you know three or four more albums. It's not like that. I am slowly, you know, maybe, you know, just slowly as I find something I want, I'll buy it. I have no reverence for my collection. If there's anybody that I'm around that has a record player and wants one of the albums and I'm done listening to it, just give it to them. Yeah. I'm not collecting. And I'm saying my CD collection is more in the neighborhood of 400 to 500 CDs. And it hurts me to think that I was young. I got tricked by a whole uh, number of industries that were all aligned to take my money and give me those little discs mm-hmm. and you know what i'm saying like looking back on i'm just like gosh i've got to make sure my kid doesn't uh fall Ford. for this kind well, of in, thing. in in some ways he's mm-hmm. better equipped now than ever because uh again this goes against the sort of boutique appreciation that brian's now got for his for his black album but that's the future of will and the future of my kids is that it's a consolidated uh, you know, everything in this entire bookstore fits on my phone world. Mm-hmm. Um, we should, in theory, gravitate. It may be a little slow, but we'll gravitate toward a place where so much of what we have, own, and keep is is uh, ones and zeros kept in, in cloud space. Like, it's it's right. just not going to be shelves full of 
paper products and plastic. Um, I think, I think that's where it's all headed. Um, the problem is what ends up happening is like my daughter today, she's moving to a new, new apartment and, um, she's taking with her this old typewriter she bought and some ancient brother thing from the seventies. And she loves that thing. Yeah. Why? I don't know. She doesn't use it. She doesn't really going to type. I mean, she'll try to type on it. Sometimes she'll find uh, ribbons, you know, somewhere on eBay and then get the ribbons because she thinks she's going to use it. She bought some white out. Like it's, 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 it's it's retro in a way that's frustrating to me because I'm like, it's a conversation piece. Right. Right. She loves, she loves it for that too. She loves talking about it. She just loves the idea of it. She may never type anything of note on there, but there, but there will always be that pushback. The minute we start saying, it is all automated in the cloud. People start going, no, it's not. I got this whole thing in my basement. Like it, it'll just bounce back and forth and maybe we can't and, do anything about it. But, and I just want to say one more thing about books because I could just, I could just feel like that someone out there uh, is hearing me as being opposed to books. I think books are great and they're important. That's a, let's just stipulate that books are important. What is bad in my opinion is that in my neighborhood, there are 400 private inaccessible libraries in all all these people's homes and that is so wasteful you know and the like i say the the joy on the one side is no way uh uh, bigger than the wastefulness on the on the counterpoint so it's just like we're we're figuring it out as a society at the same time a lot of capitalists are figuring out how to sell you more books and waste space and waste paper and so on and so on yeah they'd love to do i mean look i want people to buy when i make a book i want them to buy it but what i think is happening yeah. is just the mass production side it would be nice if that if that moved over to more you know curated small right. like like dunaway's eight albums you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of just getting back to a simpler approach and not i gotta have everything and it's all got to be here and that includes digital like i shouldn't I've got, I look at my Steam library and it's like, you know, 1,800 games or something. Now, a lot of those are free codes and, you know, stuff over the years and whatever, but that's just ridiculous. I'm not going to play all that yeah. ever. Yeah, it's, I know. So, and, and you could, once again, you, we could argue, oh man, how do we get, so, how do we get over oh, here? Oh, this is good. This is a good little. Hey, Zorro, uh, how do we get over here? I don't know. Philosophical discussion. There's, Nothing wrong no with matter, it. No matter how many times we try to figure out, there'll always be someone going, yeah, but. And that's because as long as we are consuming things, period, there's a cost. Yeah. So those those games that are on the Steam out there on Steam somewhere that you have access to, you could go, oh, there's just ones and zeros, just a whole placeholder for when I decide I want to access that data. But you know, all that cost, there, there's a cost there too because servers take power. You know, and and the bigger the servers are, the more people that have copies oh, yeah. of this, the more yeah, yeah. percentage wise they have to keep that server up to a certain point. So I mean, any consumption. It is going to impact what we have. So, yeah, but yeah. how do you, how do, also, how do you, you can't also go to those people that are neighbors and go, I don't like your uh, closed up library here. That's bull crap. No, mm, not of- at all. But we just, we teach the next generation to right. support real, actual public libraries and f- in, with full throat, like really support that and, and don't, uh, you know, don't, don't let your friends think that it's, uh, you know, okay to be hoarders and, and so wait. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that because that really feels like it feels like calling people out and making people do what. Well, you can only do you, you do it within your own sphere, 
right? Like, right. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't expect anyone, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're enjoying that over there. That library no. to yourself. What you do you instead is you just, you just. I think this is, this is like what my dad always said. You just do. Right. You do. You do good with what you've got, and and be a and responsible be, uh, as a world citizen as you can be, and try to be an example to others. Yeah, that's the big thing. Outside of that, outside of that, what can you really do? Well, there's no, you can Animals. piss you can piss people off, and then they, then they dig right. in and they don't. They do turtle anything. up. Yeah. yeah, they turtle up. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like playing StarCraft. They're gonna turtle up. Yeah, <laughs> I sure don't. <laughs> I build I build two barracks and uh-huh. I target my opponent's base. And I think man, they, those those <laughs> Marines just come shooting out of there. Yeah, it's the right way to play, Brian, Randy. I'm not. I, I, you're right. I love that this 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 uh, a mask of Zoros turned into StarCraft strategies. Yeah, welcome to StarCraft <laughs> strategies. Love this. Yeah, welcome it's, to StarCraft it's a strategies. Shame because the mask of Zoros is a pretty good movie. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe well, it's not a problem. It's just you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Let's do a thing we do here traditionally. Uh, <laughs> what do you think grossed me out? Oh, there we go. Oh. So there was a lot of things, but the the obvious things you would think would have to be, you know, Banderas drinking from the head. Yeah, head water. You don't drink head water. That is the worst thing. It was like earlier I wrote, oh, it's gross being buried alive. Oh, it's gross to (laughs) kiss Antonio or it's it's gross kissing old Anthony Hopkins if you're a young actress. Oh, gross, gross, gross. But then I got to the scene where he purposely to show strength or whatever, drank the water his brother's head's been soaking in. Right. F that and the donkey it rode in on, dude. That is horrible. Ugh. Ugh. And I know it's I thought fake, you would have been but... disconnected. For some reason, I thought you had been disconnected from that because you're like, ah, you know, it's not. Yeah, it was all special head, effect, but... and it's all, you know, but, it's a rubber yeah, head. We know that. that. Normally, yeah. yes, normally, but that is conceptually <laughs> just the so most was it, foul so concept. That's based in truth. Uh, the uh, the real guy this is based on, right? He actually kept the head of, of that man and also kept the hand three finger Jack in uh, jars, but I'm assuming he kept in some type of alcohol or something that a preservative, that was, not just water. That was supposed to be real. I didn't know that. Is that all real? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's horrendous. That guy's, it a- is horrendous. And I was just thinking what kind of, ja- that's the reason why I wrote my intro. Cause I'm like, what kind of jackass would have, you know, people over just to pull out the head of a dead man in a jar and go, Hey, let's have a party. Mm. <laughs> Who brought the chips? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want. I don't know. Want to it's know also, anything about those chips or where that salsa came from or why that <laughs> why that guacamole looks bad or any of those things, please. That'd be does good. It smell funny to you? Talk <laughs> about, about a bad hoarder. That's a bad hoarder. Oof. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Um, another thing I liked about the movie is how people would say each other's names and they'd see each other. So he'd be like, and it was multiple times. Like he was shocked every time he'd see him. De La Vega, and he'd go, Yeah, yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. Don Bartoli or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I almost hello, that way too. hello, Elena. I can't believe how many times it was like, Elena. Uh, yeah. I need you to. I need you to talk to Montero or yeah. whatever. Like, come on. She just about blew the whole deal with her, you know, her backing oh, up her yeah. dad or fake dad there at the end. Nice job. Yeah, that that really need that that part actually needed a little bit more uh, character development for me for her mm. uh, switch on her father because I I felt like there was I I really hated for him to die because he really. Uh, he really seemed to love, uh, you know, Zorro's wife, and and he and he really seemed to love the daughter and stuff. And I kind of hated. I don't know. They, they felt like it needed to be like a redemption story there or something. They just didn't like that whole character's. Well, you knew. I mean, arc, thing, I I, I, arc, ass- yeah. I assume he can't. That you know, it's 
Sir Anthony Hopkins wasn't going to sign on for a sequel. Like if it did feel like one of those roles where it's like, oh, we've got this this very venerable, you know, Oscar award winning actor. Um, he's just here for the one off, you know. Right. He's not going to stay around. So that didn't didn't surprise me too much. But I do, I was a little you know sad. I actually the weird thing about this movie is at the end, he was my favorite thing about it. I think he was he was I found him just to be super Anthony Hopkins ish and and fun oh, to watch yeah, so and good. yeah he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with that and guy? I, and I like nothing. the comparisons too. Of I liked how he kept talking about the circles and and you know when it comes in your circle and how to how to handle your life like mm-hmm. the fight like mm-hmm. the dance. Yeah, yeah, totally. All this stuff. Hey, do I you a, do I you buy? Trope here. Oh, go ahead. Hold I'm on. Trying to work out. All right. Uh, what what a bad guy. The portrayal here is that this guy start you first meet him and it's like what are you doing buddy and he goes oh i'm killing three people mm. oh yeah uh, uh criminals no just some randos mm. i chose yeah. from the crowd yeah. Yeah, whoa okay <laughs> darth vader yeah and then later he's like he's like yeah we're gonna we're gonna take all this gold out of the ground and we're just gonna buy this whole thing from santa Ana. he's like lex luther now yeah like, he was Damn, all over the map. It's too much bad guy. How much bad guy can you be? <laughs> he was a pretty bad guy. I don't know. I've seen, we've seen him in other stuff. I was looking it up. It's like things like I don't Humberto, know. is that his name? Yeah. Humberto. But things like point break, maybe, or I forget. But he's in a ton of stuff. Mm. And I, I like it that feels guy. like this was I, I had to look in the trivia to see if this role was initially offered to uh Alan Rickman because it feels like like he'd be <laughs> your number one pick for this role. And maybe oh, yeah. it's just because we saw him in something else that was Really similar to this. Was he Three Musketeers? Was it Alan Rickman? Uh, no, that was, something was like we watched, we watched Man in the Iron Mask. We didn't watch Man Three Musketeers. Iron Mask. Uh, Man in the Iron Mask. That might be what I'm thinking. Well, of. the one yeah. where the thing he's in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, we should, which we still need to watch. That's that maybe is what I'm thinking. He's of. Sheriff of Nottingham. Did that. everybody always escape from uh, prisons by pretending to be dead? Is that how? Yep. Yeah. So we used to do. That's yeah. what, you need a trope alert on that. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Let's play that. Trope That's it. pretty good. <laughs> That was so predictable, too. As soon as you see him in prison, you're like, oh, I know how he's getting out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I like watching a bad guy walk through with a little hanky over his mouth because he can't handle the stench that he's created mm-hmm. oh, by yeah. boxing everybody in. <laughs> right. Guy was a dick. What, so, what did you feel about the setup of uh, Zorro kicking the two guys out the window? Making them come over, making them put their swords down, making them touch their toes oh. <laughs> so the yeah except for the uh the placement of it i mean you could yeah. the way they were standing you could not push the back guy and have both guys fly out the window you, at the very right. least you'd have the front guy go out the window and the the back guy would just be on the floor well yeah. and here's the thing here's the thing if uh if you took me and you put me in front of my window and you had me bend over and touch my toes and then you got across the room and with a running start and drop kicked me as hard as you as you possibly could. I would just fall forward about a third of the way out the window. Yeah, right. that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's some physics there that don't line up. <laughs> uh, what else? Fun physics. Oh, I, I don't. It. This I is another piece laugh. of piece of trivia. I do not believe. Okay. When executive producer Steven Spielberg, it was an Amblin Entertainment joint, uh, was supposed to direct this originally. All right. So Spielberg, this happens a lot. He was supposed to direct. Pulled out last. <laughs> pulled out. Stopped, stopped short of doing it. Uh, <laughs> gave it instead to this dude and was just producer. But he was uh, Tom Cruise was had agreed already to be Zorro. It was going to be Tom Cruise, you guys. Tom Cruise wow. as Zorro, the Mask of Zorro. No, no bad no. idea. No, I didn't watch that. 
because this was the same year they worked on uh, or no again i get my stuff confused in 2000 and see it was 2002 or three was minority report and then five he was back with uh war of the worlds so he was super up into the the tom cruise stuff at this time i yeah. guess maybe i enjoyed him in war of the worlds oh, war of the worlds is great i love that yeah. movie yeah, I, you'll get an argument for me. That's funny you should say that, though. I thought you would have hated that because you don't like no. Spielberg, but also because... I no, no, it, we didn't deal with none of that BS in this one. It wasn't... There was some water. Straight, there was, was just, some it was rain in straight, it. It was this straightforward... <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? What does no, it mean? What does it, it, it mean? It was a straightforward sci-fi. I yeah, mean, you're right. Just here, Here's some straightforward sci-fi. Minority Report, Spielberg said, I'm going to make these people think. I mean, halfway through, he said, nah. <laughs> I do that. I don't want him to think. I nah. think it's for losers. I have another trope. Uh, Whoa! In my in my notes, I I made a little mark fourteen times when someone died way fast, like insta death. Okay. Uh, it really stuck out for me when uh, Alejandro's brother Joaquin kills himself rather than oh, being taken. Suicide. Like he has this janky old pistol. And he turns it and aims it at his elbow, basically, and pulls the trigger, and then he's dead. He is completely dead within a second. Yeah, he's out. Like, that happens over and over in this movie, and it just doesn't need to. Mm. You don't need to have people expire so fast. Yeah. The minute mm. I saw the minute we I saw that brother do anything nice for his younger brother, I went, he's dead. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I knew they both couldn't live because there's only one pendant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you decide who gets the pendants? Yeah. Like they, the the fact that uh, Antonio's character is so like, oh, that's great, brother, that he gave you that pendant. That, yeah, yeah. You know. Now let's I'm so happy for you. Right. <laughs> it would have been right. fighting over that for the second that he yeah. gave it to him. Yeah. Crazy. Those aren't real brothers. <laughs> right. No. We know how that would go. No, but I mean, if you're Zorro and you have to thank people by giving them you have one thing to give two boys you give it to the larger boy cuz you know if you give it to the smaller one the bigger one will just take it from it yeah. <laughs> so you may as well just give it to the big one yeah right sure. yeah, we know how this works i mean uh, ibbit may have been an only child but mm-hmm. even you know how brothers I, work even i understand how it works for sure yeah. yeah you don't have to be a brother to know how a brother works <laughs> no i know how a brother works how does a brother work all right uh let's do a um oh I did want to give it credit before we do clips uh, for having some amazing villain deaths. I like those in movies, especially movies like this. How creative are you going to be about killing a dude? And at first I thought, boring, you just stabbed him. Kind of cool how you threw the sword over the loop and then and then stabbed long hair McGillicuddy there. Uh, but then up top, the old men are fighting, ties him to a wagon, pulls him off the edge of the thing. That wagon's full of the fake gold, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is still heavy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, yanks him down, and then so guy with sword sticking out of him gets com- completely pummeled to death by gold, rained down by gold, like these heavy bricks of of gold. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then the other guy gets killed just in the in the process. I thought that was great. Totally enjoyed the death yeah, of our villains. Yep. And they put him to they somehow mushed him together into the same death, which was great. Yeah. Reminded <laughs> me very strongly of the Punisher. Do you all remember that? Which one? Mm-hmm. The one we watch for film set. Oh, uh, we, watch, we watch Punisher. At the end, Punisher ties uh, John Travolta to a car. No, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. John Travolta. And and then the car is slowly rolling forward into a great big fire. I forgot John no? Travolta okay. was in that. Was he in that? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Are you sure? Wait a minute. I'm positive, Scott. Are you we sure? Not, are you thinking of the, Are you talking about the 2004 one or the, the Dolph Lundgren one? Because we watched the both. The one those. we watched for oh. film yeah, sex. We saw both we for Thomas film Jane. Sex. Yeah. yeah, Thomas Jane the, is the, the Punisher one for a nerdtacular film. Yeah, we, was in, we did that literally on stage for uh, for that. Oh, wait, was that the year you weren't there? Is that 2014? Were you not there for that one? No, I don't. Oh, know. right, because we had Scott Fletcher on stage. Oh, with us. that's why. Yeah, we did the 2000 or sorry, the 87 one with uh, with Fletcher that year because you weren't a nerdtacular. That's why. I know. Yeah, no, I. I'm but not. We watched that. We watched the 2004 <laughs> one. <laughs> About five years ago. It's fine. I'm just clarifying because we have seen the two, you know. It had Thomas Jane uh -huh. and John Travolta. All right. Yes, that is true. Now I remember. Now I don't have Dolph Lundgren in my face because that's all I could picture while you were talking about it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do clips. Here is a bunch of them. Cool. I'm going to play them now. Uh, we start with this sound, which I thought was a cool Spanish guitar thing. So I'm just going to play it. I like that. I'm gonna use that for other stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's good fanfare. It's very nice. This movie actually made me want to watch Desperado again. I love that movie. Oh. I'm gonna do that. Uh, all right. Here's something that's happening to your wagon. What are you doing, cutting holes in my wagon? Holes in my wagon. <laughs> okay, so it got Desperado for you. For me, it was The Count of Monte Cristo, the oh. Jim Caviezel one. Very good movie. And then. And then a little tiny bit Pirates of the Caribbean. Anybody else have a movie that they oh. came away with us from? You know, I didn't. But now that you say Pirates of the Caribbean, for sure. A little bit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the, you know, like the a-hole military guys and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the Caviezel thing you're talking about, absolutely. Like getting trained by the old guy, been in prison mm -hmm. all this time. That's yeah. a cool movie. That's a, I like that one a lot. That version I'm glad. of it. Yeah, I don't know if good. it was the whips, but I kept getting the or the nene the action scenes. Yeah, the whips or the nene. I kept getting the action <laughs> scenes of this movie. I kept getting the Indiana Jones fights. These felt like I don't know. It felt like the they were like him against a group of people, and then you know it just felt like it always felt like it was that dance, the little was uh, Temple of Doom style. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just felt that way. There's a little bit of that. Sure. Uh, here's uh oh this is oh this is an interesting file. This is. Um, you, so Ibit, you took your date to a mall once, I guess. Oh God, that was our favorite place. That was my favorite place to take dates. Yeah, and this was recorded that day, and this is what you said for some reason. Get the children out of the plaza immediately! I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> I was trying to direct them into the Sam Goody next to the oh. uh, B Dalton. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just north of the Orange Julius. Gotcha. I would have been tomorrow. I'd have been at the software, etc. <laughs> You're making me want to go to the mall. That's funny. <laughs> All those things are not in balls anymore, I don't think. Nope. <laughs> well, Sabara or uh, Orange Julius. You're nice probably thing. right. All right, here's Anthony Hopkins doing some uh, talking. Now, if you will excuse me, I'm missing my own party. My, my own body? Oh, my own party. Potty. Potty. He needs to, he needs to take, do a number two. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to do Duke, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. All right, here's Nobody's Tough as Jack. Nobody's Tough as Jack. Nobody's tough as Jack. Okay, I got a problem. Let me tell you my problem. Not just that that's dumb. <laughs> the harmony? But that, no, that they, okay, they were in cahoots with Jack for the, to get the money. It was all a ruse, right? Right? Okay. Yes, right, okay. right, 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 yes. It was all a scam. But right. previous to them getting there to execute the scam, 
he's alone with them and he's taunting them with water, making them sing mm. and yanking them behind right. a horse. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the whole setup. That was the But no one yeah. has to see that no one's seeing the setup. That's what made right. it yeah, it's, funny. it's just for their own benefit. Yeah. Yeah, I that's what made it funny. These, I didn't these like were that. Obviously, Not funny these to were the... obviously Yeah, these were obviously the chumps. He was the leader. This was setting up, you know, who was who. Also, but it's but, a lie to the viewer. Yes. Like right. the viewer the viewer to. needs to be in on it. Uh, with the with the joke, so they can't show things that would make it that would be unrealistic to the payoff of it of, of right. fooling us and the village as to the whole thing being. Which is why I did not like that because they were not uh -huh. being truthful with me because uh, I'm like, you. wait, I saw you guys earlier. You were trying to lie to me about your relationship and then surprise me along with the people you're going to surprise. So, no, 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 so it doesn't it's, work it's that funny way. when when you lie to the to the other people, but it's not funny when they lie to you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'm right. I'm in on the deal. I should be anyway. Right. I want to be in on the jokes. Yep. You know what though? I saw 27 episodes of Jackass, and I know that when you leave <laughs> some crazy dudes alone, they punch each other in the nuts. They don't have to. Seriously, they really, really don't have to. They do it anyway, mm. and that's what's going on here. This is just Jackass dudes being Jackass dudes. I guess so. I don't know. Mm. Uh, how about this? What's this? Oh. <laughs> This is what the this is about bodies, bodies and bags. Bury the body, bag the head. Bag the head. That's a plot device I will use later again with the head. Save the hand. Uh, get rid of the foot, the right foot. Keep yep. the mm -hmm. left foot. Uh, and uh, halfway up take, the shin. Mm -hmm. Take the guns. Mm -hmm. Leave the cannoli. Check his don. Check his wallet. Is he a donor? Because we could probably take his eyes and his uh, liver and stuff. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna eat look at those. the back of his driver's license. Yeah. See if he signed it. Yeah. If he didn't, you know, we got to respect his wishes. But uh, everyone needs a new liver. All right, here we go. Hide in the barn. I don't know what this is. Yeah, of course, I have feelings for you. Oh, this is the guy's dreaming. I I don't like him because he's smacking his lips. It was almost my gross pick of the day. So I'm gonna play it again. Just listen to him smacking his dream lips. Oh, of course, I have feelings for you. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. But quick, hide in the barn. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Get him a water bottle or something. It's gross. All right. Here's another request. Please don't touch me. All right. Same guy. Well, that was day. That was Brian's date at the mall. <laughs> that was after the mall. Oh, yeah. You missed the setup. Yeah, I did. I didn't think about it till just now, dang it. All right. Uh, a great neck cracking sound. I always enjoy these. So somebody got their neck cracked. Ooh, more like knuckles. Oh, oh. Yeah. That hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> like it. Uh, here's a, her, her figuring out flower business. Can anyone tell me what this flower is? I know this scent. Si, senorita. It's called Romania. But it only grows in California. And I believe this is your first visit to our shores. Uh-huh. Like is that, that like a it. California commercial? Is that what <laughs> Paid um, for by the California um, Board of Tourism. Yep. What am I thinking of what I just saw? Oh, that's you just gave me deja vu in the worst way. What did you do there? Brian, Brian or me? Both of you. Something just uh, happened in my head that, and I and I can't even tell you what it is. The familiarity mm. is palpable though. Weird. Right. <laughs> you ever have one of those? Like uh, Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Black. Did you just go on the California Soren ride at no. uh, California Adventure at uh, Disneyland? No. Oh. I don't know what it is. I don't know why that. I Honestly, I usually can point out, oh, that reminds me of this. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why that. You, maybe you guys, we've done film sack so long that you just, that combination of you guys talking just was enough to bring out something. I don't know. 
My brain's a big, weird sponge. It smells funny. All right, check this out. <laughs> Here's a gagging Zorro Jr. So this is Zorro Jr. gagging. It's fun. <laughs> I like that. All right, uh, what do you uh, what do you do with your wiener? Pointy end goes into the other man. Okay, pointy end goes Whoa. into the other the other men. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't. I oh, I was not at all ready for that. Wow. <laughs> uh, here's the, here he is getting another horse. I warned you. I'd get another horse. All right, that's nice. Oh, that scene was so slapsticky. It bothered me. Yeah. Uh, here's and by the way, there's. You can't jump onto a horse if you're a man, especially. You can't jump onto onto a saddle from a height of more than about nine inches. Is that true? I'm saying you jump onto about- a saddle from a height of eighteen feet, you're you're you will cease having your manhood. Oh and, and you'll and, wreck the horse. I'm about to say, yeah. and the horse won't be too happy either. Yeah, yeah I don't feel dead. like that's good for the horse at all. Um, all right, here's a great line from Jack. I know you. You bet you do, Peckerwood. Yeah, Peckerwood. <laughs> hey, bet you do, you Peckerwood. We used to say Peckerwood all the time growing up. I love that. Yeah, phrase. yeah, I did too. And then I did a deep dive into Peckerwood, and I'm like, well, that's not what I thought it meant at all. <laughs> did a deep dive into Peckerwood. <laughs> right on down into Peckerwood. <laughs> it sounds and like I... you you binged a TV show called Peckerwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? Did you know that Three Finger Jack was not only such a, a, a just a real guy, like that's a that's a person who existed in real life, mm. but there's like things named after Three Finger Jack on the West Coast. Hmm, no, I didn't. Yeah, know I didn't. I did not know this until look, like looking this up. But like, there's there's a a freaking mountain in the Cascade Mountains called Three Finger Jack. The whole mm. the entire name. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well done, Three Finger Jack. Did he did he have one metal like gold finger or like a brass finger, and the other finger was like a piece of wood or whatever? Was that accurate? Because that was kind of cool. I <laughs> like it, that. Was it a piece of wood or was it like a toilet paper roll? Like it. <laughs> it <laughs> I don't think look. they had those then, did they? I don't think they. No, had they, they didn't. And I kept thinking that doesn't look like wood. I'm or... sorry to say, that I'm just going to read to you from his bio. His name was Jack Dunlop. Whether he had three fingers on one of his hands was never confirmed. Oh, like, but they called the him the most that? important thing about him. Yeah, <laughs> you're saying you said he was like Uncle Jack, so he was all like, <laughs> "How many fingers I got, boys?" It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my Uncle Jack before he died. Right. All right. Here's another Peckerwood. Peckerwood. He's just asking it now. Peckerwood. Peckerwood. That was after he died. Here's a long and terrible laugh. <laughs> I have heads in jars. All right. <laughs> that's so long. Yeah, it's very long. Uh, I liked how he said this. The much debated Zorro. No. The legendary Zorro. The legendary Zorro. I almost was drunk sounding there. I like that. The legendary Zorro. Uh, here is the, I don't know. I don't know if this is the big line for Hopkins or not, but it's good. Now I'm free to kill you. He should have done it faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here's the first lion roar used in a fire. Sorry, not really a roar. It's like a tiger growl. Yeah, tiger uh, And it's even worse here. What are they doing? I don't know, but I liked it. When did, when did Backdraft come out? Because I remember that having the coolest... Well, it had that <laughs> the fire sounds. Yeah, yeah the, the fire <laughs> sounds. I was yeah. trying to think. Was this after that? Because if it was, it'd be like, I would be totally tempted as to, you know, oh, fire could sound really cool. Yeah. 
I don't think I ever saw that that Ron Howard film. Ooh, that was that was good. I like Backdraft. Could we do Backdraft on here? Or is it too back in good? the day? Is it too good? We have not, and we need to. Nineteen ninety one. Should we? Is it the kind oh, of? Oh, I think I, so. I would yeah. totally do Backdraft. Yeah. Okay, I'd be down. Never saw it, so a lot of people it's got in one that. of the lesser Baldwin's in it. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, not not Alec, but not Stephen, not Alec, but uh, was the third or fourth what? Baldwin? The uh, third Jermaine. or fourth Baldwin. Jermaine Tito Baldwin. <laughs> Tito Baldwin. No one ever talks well, about that poor name? guy. He was the one who was in that uh, fair game movie with Chris uh, Cindy Crawford too, and I'm trying to remember his name. Oh, um, uh, another Baldwin. Yeah, not Adam. No, Adam Baldwin's a different, whole different family, right? right? Marlon. Marlon. <laughs> He's just going through Jacksons. No, actually, I was thinking of the Wayans brothers. But okay. Oh, Marlon Wayans. There you go. Daniel? There, there is a backdraft, too. With oh, William. Billy Baldwin. Oh, William Billy Baldwin. Baldwin. That's it. Billy Baldwin, yes. He was okay. He seems nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, wait, backdraft, two? I didn't even hear that, William, did William, William Baldwin and Donald Sutherland came out last year? What? There's a sequel to that that just came out? Yeah. Oh, nice. Back so the that. official list of Alec Baldwin's uh, siblings includes Stephen, Billy, Daniel, uh, Jane Sasso, and Elizabeth Keckler. Wow. Well, you're right. Jane Just Sasso. last year, Backdraft 2, 2019. wife or something? Or like... No. No, oh, okay. her husband is named Randy Sasso. Oh. Randy Sasso. <laughs> if you Sasso. I would have stuck with Jane Baldwin. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm, like, I'm it sounds judging, like Jane Sasso. Wow. I know. I'm judging a lot of last names this episode, but eh, you're Jane Baldwin. Stick yeah. with it. <laughs> so uh, right. check this out. This uh, Backdraft 2 mm-hmm. is is legit. It came out last year. It was direct to video. It was rated R. Uh, it was, it was directed Netflix. by Gonzalo Lopez Galeo, not Ron Howard. Um, it was, uh, it says here, hold on. Oh, interesting. So they've taken... The son of Baldwin's kid, William Baldwin's kid William from the Baldwin. first movie, which I guess he was just a little kid then, is now a full-grown Chicago fire department guy. And now they got big fires to fight. So They got fires to fight. Yeah, and and backdraft. 4.7 on IMDb. That's not good. And it's on Netflix right now. Oh, it? Lord. All right. And we last saw Billy Baldwin on Film Sack in Flatliners. Mm. Oh, been a while. All right. Been, a, God, been yeah. a while since we've done that. Wow, right. you look at photos of Stephen Baldwin, by the way. It looks like he's always doing duck face. Yeah. The, all three of them. All yeah. three of the brothers of Alec yeah, Baldwin look exactly face. alike. All, <laughs> somebody's got to have it. They're all little ducky <laughs> Kind face. of, yeah. yeah. All right, here's this. Uh, this is my last clip, but it's just a little taste of the outro song that is the worst thing I've heard in years on Film Sack. So enjoy. Moon so bright, night so fine. Keep your heart here with mine. Life's a dream. I hate it. I hate it. Wow. So I liked yeah. it. I hate it. I liked it. I hate it. Watching Prince of Egypt? It. What are we watching here? I know, and I don't know why, but I liked it. It's like Land Before know. Time 3 or something. It's just yeah. awful. Yeah. One of the Aladdin sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally admit that it was awful, but I also kind of liked it. Well, uh, glad um, to hear it. I'm team, Go listen to I'm it on team, vinyl and really get into it. Yeah. You're on Team Dunaway? You liked it? I'm Team Team Johnson Deluxe. Here. Oh, okay. Uh, we hate this song. It had no business being there. Any <laughs> yeah. other song would have yeah. been better.
Oh, maybe can we talk about? Hold on, I, I liked it because it was unexpected. Maybe, maybe that's why I liked that, it. Yeah, you like, the juxtaposition. Anything. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, and on that level, I can appreciate the the kind of like scratching my head, wondering why the hell it's even there. Right. But, um, all right. Speaking of things, Randy doesn't like. I meant to bring this up earlier. I totally forgot. So I'm glad you said that, Randy. Uh, you have gone on multiple social networks in the last little while <laughs> and exclaimed your distaste for one Adam Driver. <laughs> And I'm, I'm really curious about this. What is it about Adam Driver I'm, that you don't I'm like? Sure, Adam Driver, I'm sure we talked about this on FilmSack before. Have we? I'm sure of it. I don't feel like yeah, we have. I don't remember it, but maybe. I anyway, I, by the way, on that last topic, imagine if this movie had ended with Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. What a improvement to the end of this movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. okay. Uh, Adam Driver's really, really ugly. Like, he has no oh, business being a leading on. man. That's all there is to it. <laughs> no. it's, it's really, really, I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a like, a, a lifetime, a hundred years of cinema. No. There is this thing. There's this natural division between, like, Steve Buscemi, Danny Trejo, character actors, and leading men. Mm. And you, there's a line. And he's on the ugly side of the line. That's all there is I to it. He, he doesn't get to be so. a leading man. And uh, like I, I, I've I don't... heard the same thing about Sylvester Stallone. However, I know women who swoon. Oh, I know women who swoon over Adam Driver. I, my daughters yeah, well, think I mean, Adam Driver's a and, and a Sylvester treat. Stallone made his own way, right? He 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 made himself a leading man, and like he forced it. Like that's like astroturfing uh, leading man for Sylvester Stallone but also he he never really like after the first Rocky movie he never really gave himself a, a real chore of acting but Adam Driver and his agent uh, are are brilliant they're out there only taking roles where Adam Driver gets to have a lead and they're not allowing him to be cast as a character and it's well, there's fine a there's a I just think between... he's ugly there's a difference between an expectation <laughs> for a romantic lead where you may be interested in the person's looks, but just as a lead, you don't have to be attractive, right? Well, but I'm oh, what right. I'm saying is there are people who would say he's he's uh he's legitimately attractive. I've I've mm -hmm. seen him with his shirt off. I like <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. side with Randy on that one point. That's that shirtless <laughs> scene in that movie in uh, Return or Last Jedi. Uh, when he's uh, uh Darth Swallow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> but when he, when he's, he's just got that's a ch that's too weird. It's too chesty. It was all fake. That was a ridiculous fake. Yeah, I didn't like it. But the but overall, I find him super compelling as an actor, mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. part of it is he's weird looking, and girls like him. I don't, unique yeah. looking is the word yeah. I prefer. Yeah, I mean he's weird I looking. I find that anytime you talk about something subjective such as beauty, I think you're going to have a hard time unless there's just something universally you know that everybody can agree upon and even then i don't even know if everybody could agree upon it yeah mm -hmm. well there's I, no yeah i mean imagine bushimi with with perfect teeth no i mean is it his teeth that really <laughs> messed the whole thing up I can't and if you can you know eh, i don't know i'm, un, I'm, un, I'm, un, I'm, I'm un, unable to see like it i just can't freaking see it with stupid so you're to your point i agree with you like it's just not it's just adam driver's weird looking he's a good actor dude is up for Academy Awards this year is in two mm -hmm. or three of the of the most uh, critically acclaimed movies this year. He's in one of the most money making movies this year. Like the dude's got something. Obviously, away from the. I think we need to move away from calling people looking weird. How's that? All right, that's just me. I, I think unique looking or something. Just uh, yeah. Right, weird. What does weird mean? Is, is it non? How about non conventional? Well, Randy's non -conventional saying full on. Design. Randy's saying ugly, and I'm saying 
I'm That's saying, nice. I'm, well, I know, but I, I look in the mirror and I think <laughs> I'm kind of ugly sometimes. And that you're right, right. It isn't nice, but I, I, you know, it's just how I see myself. I don't have a problem with, uh, Randy saying he's ugly. I just don't, I, th- to me, that seems like not enough to not like him. That's all. Right. I just, I, I don't, I don't like this breaking the rule. I, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, the movie so with Scarlett Johansson Driver. needed it's to be, you know, uh, I'm not saying Scarlett Johansson always needs to be with Ryan Reynolds, but uh, in real life, she was with <laughs> Ryan <laughs> Reynolds. She wasn't with a schlub yeah. that looks like that. That's all I'm saying. It's an interesting it's point, right? Who? I don't. Know. What do you? Yeah, Ibit. Ibit. Like I'm not. I'm not getting in this fight. I'm no, no. I'm, well, I'm, I'm like. I'm, I'm sitting eating popcorn, winter. watching this. But no, I mean, uh, <laughs> I like the compelling looking actors, the unique looking actors, because I, I feel like they add something to a. Uh, to a performance. And I actually, I don't think that, I mean, I think Adam Driver is unusual looking, but I wouldn't say he's ugly. Yeah, right. That's where I'm at. I mean, it's kind of like Drago. Like, okay, so this is the one that I go back to for me. The original Rocky with uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren, you can't say like, oh yeah, he's classically handsome because there's something just a little bit off about that formula, which is fine, but he also has an appeal to him. and But he stood out. And it, when you saw him, he didn't even have to really say much of anything for you to know he was an intimidating factor. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. this this uh, when they had Drago come back in Creed two, mm-hmm. uh, the, they picked a very average looking guy, handsome guy, Who was but just very this, average. The guy that played his son, you mean? The guy that played his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I've I've said this on the son. show before, and I stand by it. I think the older Dolph Lundgren gets, the cooler he looks. Absolutely. Yeah, I like old yeah, Dolph Lundgren. I think the same thing is happening to Bradley Cooper, because if you look at uh, how he first looked in Alias, mm-hmm. uh, the first place I remember seeing him, he was kind of a goofy-looking dude. And now, uh, I mean, even I would, you know, give my hotel key to him if I saw him in the, in the bar, in the lounge. Wow. <laughs> look at you. Yeah, a little, just a little more rugged, a little more, you know. Yeah. There's a maturity yeah. to the character, or to the actor. And mm-hmm. I, and I, Adam Driver right now is... Is this, this is what's funny about him. I think he knows that he has to just put his nose down and and go and keep working hard and doing he good work. He said no like 12 times. I know. I keep saying nose. And he has a, I think you're <laughs> focused in on his nose. He has a go big ahead. nose. But but you know what I mean? Like he's really got to focus on the work and get it going right. and not not dwell on past work, which you know we saw in this recent like getting up and leaving that interview with Terry Gross. He was like, I don't want to hear my own voice. And she still still did it. So he mm-hmm. got up and left. Um, there's something about that I admire because I think he understands the, there's a temporariness to this Hollywood thing that his moment in the right. sun is not going to be a forever thing. And it's better just to get going, work hard, get it out, be done. And I feel that ethic from him. I could be wrong. I might be reading too much into it, no, but I, I like no, that. I totally see that. And I, I think it even speaks to um, something I've heard you say in the past about why, you know, like why CW shows don't uh, don't seem very believable to you is because everybody looks like they walked off a uh, a runway a model you know runway yeah right. yeah. yeah and i appreciate and, uh, that too that's, that's he, he's that's definitely a, not going to be accused of that for sure argument <laughs> right. in my opinion like that I, i'm i'm making an argument that's just about the broad strokes of hollywood for the last century yeah and you know johnny galecki doesn't get to be the lead mm-hmm. in all of these uh you know heterosexual coupling dramas rom you know and stuff yeah and right. it's just like I, I i get it that this guy is somehow making that way 
via being the best living actor or something. I just don't, I'm not enjoying it. All right. Fair enough. No, I just wanted to get it out there. It's a fun side topic. It's a film sacky kind of thing. Now this. It's the film sack checklist. Two Welsh actors playing Spaniards. Check. One Spanish actor playing a Mexican. Check. Tiger noises don't sound like explosions. Check. Uh, track connections, none here. Uh, part of it is because Daryl couldn't, his, he had to use his old form of trying to do this for some reason because it was kind of last minute for him. Um, but he couldn't find anything. So uh, unless you guys know of a actor. Oh, you know who I think may have been is the guy who's in everything. If, if you have something about Spanish people or something from Spain, that dude who's got the goatee kind of balding, kind of second in charge with the bad guy. I don't know the name mm-hmm. of the actor. Crap. I should know it. It's right here. Anyway, that dude seems like he was in Star Trek at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's mm-hmm. his name? Here it is. Tony Amendolio. Lola. Yes. He was in an episode of Voyager. I just found it. Okay. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's your guy then. And, and, every, and when I saw him, I went, oh, he's got to be in Star Trek. But Daryl yep. didn't catch he it. He was in an episode of Voyager called Mew. Uh, Chorus. Uh, the episode was called Muse. His character was called Chorus Number 3. So... You know, small connection, but as always, everything's connected to Star Trek. Yeah. He'd be a, um, I'm looking here. Everybody's in Seinfeld. We should start doing Seinfeld connections. <laughs> Seinfeld connection. Yeah, yeah. That guy's been in there. That's crazy. All right. Uh, let's get By to the way. The, yeah. uh, the guy who played the older version of Antonio Banderas' brother yeah. was in Deep Space Nine. Oh. He was in an episode called Distant Vo- Voices. Yeah. Daryl, your old way sucks. You look at your new way. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> took me 30 seconds to find those two but there might be more well done um all right so i'm gonna give the soundtrack grade a p for perfect for what they're going for i think it, it, it was absolutely the kind of soundtrack you want for exactly this kind mm-hmm, of movie mm-hmm. yeah yes like it's not like it's like my favorite or it's a really good version of it or any of that but if you're gonna make a movie like this you want exactly that music it's the perfect marriage of music and film so james job. horner is a chameleon it's amazing oh is that james horner uh, i didn't realize that, he's great yeah yeah, yeah we, that, exactly you didn't realize yeah you totally didn't realize he's amazing you, you you could watch uh cocoon and braveheart back to back and not realize oh wow that's the same score guy the same uh, composer right yeah he's because really he, good he does that he's he's really good at at fitting to the film is he how to train your dragon is that james horner or is that no that's who's that uh j uh uh uh, John, not James Newton Howard. Um, John. Uh, Joan Jet. Nope. I hate myself for <laughs> loving you. <laughs> I can't uh, think just of looking it. through my scores. John Powell. John, John Powell. Powell. Okay, and yeah. he was in the neighborhood. Uh, he is yeah, also John, amazing. John Powell is uh, also uh, responsible for like Shrek, yeah. and uh, oh, he scored uh, Solo. Oh, Star Wars. Movie. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that was one of the high points of that movie. Was the the Star Wars arrangements were very good in it. So I, I always like hearing Scott uh, derail somebody that's not me with the name thing. Unintentionally derail somebody that's not me. Yeah, because usually it is you. Yeah, usually it is me. Yeah, yep. it's almost always you. So glad to it's be spreading around the outside watch. <laughs> sure. By the way, James Horner scored uh, Aliens, the second Alien movie. Oh. Wow, really? And it's a fantastic score. It is. You should listen to it. Yeah, I love that. I've been in the mood for alien movies lately. It's all, everyone's talking about them for some reason. There's a weird zeitgeist happening. We got aliens making a comeback. Calling it now. 
No more of this Prometheus garbage. It's going to be something else, something cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Uh, all right. I'm going to say it's now time for the Twitter post. This is where we guys, uh, we guys, you guys, sum this up <laughs> in 280 <laughs> characters or less. So let's start with Randy Jordan. The Mask of Zorro. Only it's not about the mask at all. Seriously. What happened to the scene we were all expecting where tons of people show up wearing masks and make you realize that we're all Zorro and the bad guys are overwhelmed. Come get your tropes, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You left your tropes out. I'm Zorro. <laughs> no, I think we saw that in the three amigos. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I am an amigo. No, that's not how I am Goro. <laughs> I am Goro. You're the th- you're the forearm guy oh, from sorry, uh... Zorro. <laughs> okay. Played a lot of Mortal Kombat there in the Mexican village. <laughs> Got to the Goro boss a few times. All right. Uh, uh, who's now? Oh, Dunaway. Uh, the mask of Zorro, like hugging a giant cactus with your junk. A bit painful at first. That's so exciting. Oh, yeah. We got man butt in this movie. Lots of man oh, butt. Yeah. 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 Didn't expect Still white that. man butt. Yeah. Uh, wait, white man. Who's white? Who's the white man butt? Oh, no, they were all. They all looked well, white. Oh. The, the the butts were white. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Untanned butts, what you're saying. Untanned butts. Nice. Yep. Finally, Brian Ibbett. The Mask of Zorro. I'm never trying clothes on in front of Zorro again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! I would love to see that spelled out. Yeah. I know I had to do it before the show. I was I was saying I was making that noise so I could type it. It's it, in my notes. It's spelled whoosh whoosh whoosh. Very good. What right. I would do it is I would just do a, a a tenor search on that and have a a gif. That's what I would do. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. My original uh, Twitter post was the Mask of Zorro. Uh, Does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, well done. Uh, that means now I push this button. Which one? This one. So what we have here is alternate titles. Uh, this was almost called The Mask of Zorfro because he had all that hair in the beginning, but he cut it. So it's all fine. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, and then later they almost gave it the title Antonio Long Hair Us Ritus. Shit. <laughs> and Do- Antonio Long Harris rides again. I went really deep for the hair. I went on. The title. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Uh, I got an email from Ken in Texas. He's from Texas. Send us an email at filmsack.gmail.com. He says, hello, Scott, Randy, Brian, and Brian. I've been listening as a devoted listener for a few years now, and I've been going all the way back to episode one, listening to all the episodes in your entire library, many of them several times. And I want to let you guys know that with your most recent sacking of The Black Hole, you have now completed the trifecta of sacking all three of my all-time guilty pleasure movies. The first one goes back to an episode uh, in episode 95, Smokey and the Bandit, and the other was episode 273, Wing Commander. That's an eclectic three, man. That's that's a good guilty. Uh, says, so now that you know my secrets, let me give a big thanks to the joy uh, for the joy of sacking uh, that you guys provided in particular. And let me say a quick recommendation for a future episode. 1979's Meteor, a craptastic disaster film starring Sean Connery, Natalie Wood, and Carl Malden, and Brian Ooh. Keith as a not-so-convincing Russian, saved <laughs> only by its awesome score by Lawrence Rosenthal. Keep sacking, Ken in Texas. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that he's going to keep listening to us, even though we've done his three movies that he's <laughs> right. waiting for us to do. Right? Exactly. Right. Sh- I think that's I a saw real... Meteor streaming somewhere, or maybe it was on. I have never heard of this. I am all in, though. It sounds great. Yeah, I think I might have seen. Yes, I did see this in the theaters, and yeah. I remember the meteor like floating through space really slowly as they try and figure out how to uh, deal with it. 
So wow. it used the it used the blob formula, right? Yes. Oh, right. it's coming to it get us. No. Show no. Wow. Oh no. We have days to plan. Oh no. Is it would you guys say it's like I mean it's it sounds super yeah, sackable. 100% sackable. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. do it. Also the blob. That would be a lot yeah. of fun. Oh, yeah. Any it. of them. Any Wait, of the blobs. Have we never done a blob? The one 80s blob. The 80s, the 80s yeah. blob is my favorite. Have yeah. we ever done a blob? We've no. never done a blob. No. We should do a blob. Blab. Yeah, let's nope. do a blob. Let's just we should have a whole blob. new cast. Call it Blobcast. Blobcast. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Blobcast. Uh, well done there, uh, uh, Ken, in Texas. We hope uh, you continue to enjoy the show, despite us already killing your three favorites. Uh, maybe there's another you're not telling us about. <laughs> uh, for the rest of you listening, if you want to send your own emails in, it's super easy. Filmsack at gmail.com. Please do it. We'd love it. Filmsack.com is our website. Uh, also, our next movie is going to be, I forgot. Skip Trace. Skip Trace. Never heard of it until you guys brought it up. Skip Trace. Oh, oh, Rennie Harlan with the Johnny Knoxville and the Jackie Chan. And the Jackie Chan. Getting it on like Donkey Kong. Uh, No, that should be good because we don't know anything about it. Uh, Sometimes that's important for the show. Sometimes we go in Mm -hmm. blind to a thing. Uh, Sometimes one of us will see it and say, uh, veto, and then we don't. But in this (laughs) case, we may not. We might. It might be fine. I feel feel like it's got film sack written all over it with that cast. Just the cast alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plus, this is Jackie Chan after he does any like hard stunts. So, what are they going to have yep. him do? You know, right? Just, so, right. Uh, uh, it's it's streaming on Netflix, and uh, I've been noticing that lots of uh, movies that we've sacked before are streaming on Netflix. I'm going to start tweeting from the Film Sack tw- uh, Twitter feed just every now and then, every couple days. I'm going to tweet a link to an episode for a movie that is currently streaming on Netflix. For example, uh, right now, I, Netflix is telling me that The Fifth Element is streaming, Tremors is streaming, Red Dawn is streaming, Terminator Salvation is streaming. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, pretty awesome movies that you could rewatch and then listen to an episode yeah, of Filmsack. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. Very good idea. I had I noticed that as well. I don't know. It was like a weird revival. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is back up. Like, all kinds of stuff that we've sacked before is suddenly streaming again. It's like it's all back through the rotation, so... If you missed all that stuff before, watch the movie, listen to our show, and then tell us what you think. Filmsack at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Filmsack also, by the way. So use that and also leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. We'll see you next time. (laughs) How would you spell that? I don't know. With an S. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Point the end goes into the other man.